All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn to the book of Acts, please. Acts chapter number 16. Well, I feel like the bat boy in the major leagues that has been called to the plate. And at this point, I told Brother Sasser this morning, I said, try not to hit a home run. He went ahead and did it anyway. And at this point, I just want to get on base, all right? So I'm praying the Lord will help us this morning. I am thankful uh, that God has let us come this way. I love this church, and I love my preacher. I'm going to tell you, when we came here, we were wounded. And it's been one of the best things that ever happened to my family was coming to this church. So I thank the Lord for it. Appreciate him letting me come this way. Well, I was really unsure uh, about this message. Uh, when you come to a meeting like this, so many great preachers, you want to preach something you've preached before because you kind of know how it's going to go over. <laughs> but the Lord wouldn't let me do that, and uh, he confirmed that yesterday morning when Brother Stacy preached. So I'm just going to try to be obedient to the Lord and preach what he would have. I kind of feel like the old man in Kentucky that was pulled over by the state trooper. He was driving an old beat-up pickup truck. The state trooper walked up to the truck, and he said, Sir, do you have any ID? He said, About what? <laughs> All right, Acts chapter number 16. I will begin reading in verse number 25. Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. The keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. I'll leave off reading there, and I want to preach on this subject today with the help of the Lord on why the jailer didn't kill himself. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you now for the opportunity to be in your house today. My, what a meeting we've had, Lord. I, I have been ministered to and blessed through all the preaching. Lord, I want you to know I'm real thankful. I pray now, Lord, that you'd help us. I, 
I, I, Lord, realize that I can't do it by myself this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you give me that anointing it takes to make preaching. Lord, I'll be real grateful and eternally thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I started thinking about this message, and uh, the first thought that came to my mind is we're living in a world where the people have no hope. Uh, more and more, I was reading last night, uh, the leading, the second leading cause of death in, in people ages 15 to 24 is suicide. And so uh, it is a very real thing, and I believe it comes to the fact of all we're looking around us uh, that people have no hope. So we know that physical suicide is the taking of one's own life. And I, like I said, we're, we're living in a world where people are reaching out for something to hold on to. And you and I have the answer, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that can fill that void inside their soul. And apart from him, there is an emptiness and a loneliness that will be there until they die if they do not accept him. And then it will lead to everlasting separation from God. We know that that's one of the punishments from hell. I believe that is the punishment is everlasting separation from God. But I believe also that you can commit spiritual suicide. He said in John chapter number 5 and verse number 39, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me that you might have life. He said in Luke 13, 3, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I thought of this, how many, uh, you know, our churches would be busting out at the seams if we could just keep our own. But we can't even keep our own kids, amen. Uh, and a lot of that, uh, let me say, you know, the Bible, you would be better off never to heard a gospel message, never to heard a gospel song, never to been given a gospel track, you would be better off uh, to have never had any of that than to sit in a church pew and listen to that all your life and reject it and turn your back on it. Amen. Uh, you are committing spiritual suicide because you have had the opportunity and you have denied it. But then you can commit soul suicide. He told them in Second Timothy chapter number 3 in verse number 9, now as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. And of course, uh, it tells us in Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 26, For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of that era uh, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over 
to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. He goes on to say in verse number 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them. Years ago, I was working with, on a secular job. I was working with a young man that was experimenting with this lifestyle. And we had had several conversations. I, I worked with him for a number of years. At that time, he was a teenager. Uh, I would witness to him. I would talk to him. He would ask me questions. Uh, when he reached a certain age, he moved out of his parents' house and in with another man. And at that point in time, it was like you had flipped a switch on the wall. Uh, before, he had let me talk to him. He let me witness to him. When he, when he embraced, fully embraced that lifestyle, it was over. I believe at that point, God gave him over to a reprobate mind. Now, I don't know what that uh, point is, but at some point, if you ask me if you're a Democrat, you have reached it. Amen. I know for sure Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden are there. Amen. Uh, so I'm simply saying you can commit. Uh, when you reach a certain point, God will not deal with you anymore. So with those things in mind, you say, Preacher, what, what is that to do with us? Well, why? what kept this jailer from taking his own life? Do you realize he was willing to fall on his own sword because in that day and time, if he had lost charge of those prisoners, his punishment would have been far worse than him taking his own life. So what made him? not take his life. Well, I see, first of all, uh, he saw some saints. Hallelujah. Uh, look what he said there in verse number 26 or 25. said, At midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard him. What did he see in the saints? Well, he saw them praying. Amen. Uh, in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we ought to be praying for one another. But then it said in 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Amen. So he saw them praying. I don't, I don't believe they were praying like we pray. Amen. Most of us never get past uh, health and wealth. That's the two things we pray for. But I believe they were on a far greater level than that. I believe, first of all, that they're in there, and here they are. They've been beaten and abused, and I believe they were in there thanking God that they were counted worthy to suffer for his namesake. Uh, you know, he said in Acts 5.42, And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. 
Paul said in Philippians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That that jailer, I believe he might, he said, man, uh, what in the world are they doing in there? So they're in there thanking God for us beating them. Amen. Uh, I, I can imagine that he's thinking in his mind, what have they got to be happy about? What have they got to be thankful for? You know, the Bible tells us we're to be thankful in everything. Um, most of us have been down there saying, uh, God, I've been serving you all this time, and look where I'm at. God, what are you going to I don't deserve this. God, what have you letting me do in here? Uh, I believe they might have been praying and thanking God that he's counted worthy to suffer. I believe they might have been praying for the conversion of sinners. You know, the Bible said, and the prisoners heard them, but them prisoners wasn't the only one listening. Uh, them guards and that jailer was listening. Amen. Here he had, he'd beaten and abused these men, and they're in there praying that God would remove the scales from their eyes and they might see, amen, and be converted. Can you imagine having to be chained to Paul day in and day out? Uh, I believe, you know, he said those of the house of Rome salute thee also. Hey, he won a bunch of them to God. Uh, they was captive audience. They couldn't go nowhere. I thought the other day about these Rock of Ages guys that go into these prisons. I used to do that. That's where I got my start at was preaching in jails and prison. I love it. Uh, now I have anxiety problems. So I don't go to jail no more. You lock me in, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> I told them the other day I had to fly somewhere. Uh, like I said, anxiety problems, small metal tube, whole bunch of people, no way to get out. Not good. So my doctor gave me what they call Xanax. Amen. So we're flying to Maine. It's a rough flight. The pilot comes on and says, uh, there's a hurricane off the coast. He said, last 300 miles, this flight's going to be rough. So I done took me another Xanax. I'm hiring a kite, man. That plane's back and forth and up and down. Little old girl sitting next to me is Catholic. She is wearing them rosary beads out. I mean, smoke coming off them suckers. Well, I'm high. I lay over. I said, Mary's dead. We're fixing to be. <laughs> that plane, Brother John, dropped about 5,000 feet. The guy in front of me screamed. I went, glory to God, I'm going home to be with Jesus. That stewardess come back and said, sir, you're going to have to calm down. You've got everybody on this plane upset. I said, tell them to get saved. They won't be upset. <laughs> I'm just simply saying, amen. Or to look at everything as an opportunity. Hey, they're praying for the conversion of sinners, amen. Hey, I, I, I tell you, we, we ought to, how long has it been since you wept and cried and prayed over somebody that you know that's lost? I, I don't know if I said this in March, but y'all know my boy got in, but 
I'm telling you, 20 years we prayed for that boy. And when he got in, it's almost like I got saved again. I'm telling you, there was such a weight lifted off of me. I'm telling you, that's what it is when we get earnest with God for those that are lost. Well, I see a second thing this morning. He saw them praying, but he saw that they had peace. You know, the Bible tells us in John chapter number 16 and verse number 33, he said, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Hey, when when it seems like everything is falling apart in our life, you know, that's really when lost people watch us. Uh, When it seems like we ought to be crumbling, and we would crumble except for God. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, when God gives us, it's an amazing thing to me that no matter what is going on in your life, hey, he doesn't say that he'll take the storm away, uh, but when he's standing right next to you, you don't worry about the storm. It's kind of like me and my dad. I never was afraid of the dark as long as I was with my father. I found out years later he's just as scared of the dark as I am. Amen. Uh, but just his presence, and that's the way it is with us and the Lord, just his presence gives us peace. Here's what he said in Philippians chapter number four and verse number four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He said in verse number 9, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So he saw, even though they're in prison, even though they're beaten, even though they're locked in the stocks, they still had the peace of God. Well, then I'm talking about he saw the saints. He saw their prayers. He saw they had peace. He saw they had praise. What in the world was they thanking God for? Huh? Huh? I remember years ago, my grandfather, I was in North Carolina preaching, and I got a call. My grandfather was in the hospital. He wasn't doing good. We were real close. So I got my family in there. The boys were teenagers then, and I said, we're going to get down here beside the bed and pray. And when I got down there, I was so heartbroken. There was no words. I couldn't even get started praying. And all of a sudden, it seemed like the Holy Ghost said, won't you start thanking me for what I've already done? When I started thanking him for what he had already done, I'm telling you, there was something in my soul. I'm telling you, there was uh, 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 
something began to overwhelm me. Hey, you can't think about all that God's done for you and it not break out on you somewhere. Amen. You can't hold the goodness of God in you when he's poured his blessings out upon you. You're going to leak somewhere, friend. Well, why the jailer didn't commit suicide? He saw some saints. Would to God, hey, somebody's watching you whether you know it or not. But then I see a second thing this morning. He saw the Spirit of God at work. Verse number 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. He saw the Spirit of God at work. Uh, Brother John quoted this morning, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirits, uh, spirit which is God's. Amen. He saw the Spirit of God at work. He saw that there was great power. Amen. Hey, he saw the Spirit of God shake that place. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing. I had a guy come one time. He was mad. Thank God I was already up on the platform. He was mad when he got there. I thought, I don't know what I've done, but that guy ain't happy. Uh, Stayed mad the whole time I preached. When it got down to the invitation, that old boy come forward and got saved. And after church, uh, he stopped, and I said, uh, you mind if I asked you a question? He said, no. I said, it looked to me like you was mad when you got here tonight. I said, what's going on? He said, well, preacher, to be honest with you, he said, my wife got saved Sunday night. He said, I've been mad about it ever since. This is Thursday night. He said, I came tonight to whip you. He said, but I can't explain it. He said, something got a hold of me. You say, preacher, what got a hold of him? The Spirit of God got a hold of him. Amen. Only God, hey, not by might nor by power, but my, by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, uh, you know, we've got to where we think we can do it in ourselves. Hey, if the Spirit of God don't do it, hey, we're trying to do the work of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, it's not, uh, if God can't get you to live right, I can't get you to live right. Amen. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I know there's sometimes, I I mean, I, I wish it was like this all the time. But there are sometimes when God so puts his hand upon us while we're preaching that when we get done, we are like a wrung out dish rag because the power of God has been so uh, resting upon us. Amen. I, I tell you why it ain't like that all the time. We couldn't take it in these human bodies. Amen. But I live for when it is like that. Amen. There was great power. Not only was there great power, there was pungent conviction. Here's what he said in verse number 27. The keeper of the prison, waking out of sleep, 
seeing the prison doors, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Now you're talking about conviction. You ever been in a service where you was afraid to move? Huh? And I like it when we're shouting and swinging from the chandeliers. But I'm telling you, in a service where the Spirit of God has settled in and there is conviction so thick you can cut it with a knife. I mean, read this passage of Scripture. You're talking about pungent conviction. You go down to the local jail and open up the doors and see what happens. They're not hanging around, friend. They're going to leave as soon as they get the opportunity. Amen. Uh, but conviction was so thick. He said, don't harm yourself. He said, we're all here. I'm talking about an overwhelming sense of the Spirit of God. Amen. When's the last time you was in a service where the conviction was like that? Hey, we have those around here. Uh, but I, I go a lot of places where they wouldn't know God if he walked in the back door. You understand? I'm talking about no conviction. I, I believe a lot of it's not the sinner's fault. I believe it's Christians who won't get right with God. Amen. Hey, They are so uh, far out of the will of God, uh, they won't have their own way and do their own thing, uh, and God smites their heart, and they're not willing to uh, yield to him to let him have his will and way in their life. Amen. Amen. Well, then let me say that there was a prompting. He said there in verse number 30, he said, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved in thy house. There was a prompting. No man can come unto God except the Spirit draw him. Well, let me give you one last thing quickly this morning. He saw the saints. He saw the Spirit of God at work. He saw a picture of himself as he really was. Notice his plea there in verse number 30. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Hey, I'm telling you, till a man sees himself void of hope, lost without God. Hey, I'm telling you right now, uh, it's kind of hard for me to believe that that Calvinist bunch is even saved. You know why? They ain't ever been lost. You've got to get lost before you get saved. Amen. Hey, you've got to see yourself as a sinner in need of a Savior. Amen. Hey, this man saw himself. He knew that, they didn't, that he didn't have what Paul and Silas had, and he began to cry out to God, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. His plea. Notice the preaching, verse number 31. He said, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. I don't care what we're preaching. Uh, we are to always point to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what you're preaching. It's the message of the cross that is going to get them. Even if we're preaching hard on sin, we need to preach that it's the cross that will deal with our sin. Bible said in 1 Corinthians 1 18 for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved is the power of God 
I want to tell you, I thank God for a man of God to get up, skin my hide, show me I needed a Savior. Amen. Uh, try and keep my family together. Try and keep my kids out of hell. You understand what I'm Thank God for a man of God that'll preach the whole counsel of God. Notice the performance of what took place. He said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Look here in our text in verse number 32. It said, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all of his straightway. He went from beating them and locking them up to ministering unto them, to cleaning their wounds. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was a change that took place. I'm sorry, you'll never convince me. I, I get tired of hearing uh, once saved, always saved. I had a guy said, well, that's what you Baptists believe. I said, no, it's not. I said, we believe if saved, always saved. I said, I believe there's a lot that ain't got it to claim to have it, Amen. You understand? There'll be a change, amen, that takes place. That's why the jailer didn't kill himself. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the preaching of the Word of God this morning. God, I do pray now, Lord, that you would help in the message to come. Lord, will you help us to be a light in this dark world that we're living in? One thing about it is, Lord, it don't take much light to shine when it's this dark. Lord, help each and every one of us to minister to the people that we come in contact with and in the world we're living in. You have your will and your way now. In Jesus' name, amen.